Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. On today's episode, I want to talk about family night. So I know that we talked about in our schedule all the different things we've got going on every week, and family night was mentioned on Tuesday nights, and you know this might change in the future, but this last year, we had family night every, every Tuesday night. So basically, we would get together at my house, and people would bring their own food because there was just too many of us. We tried doing dinner where we'd you know, ship, um, switch it up, and two people would make dinner for everybody, which is what we traditionally had done. There were too many of us. It was not enough portions. It was a lot of drama. It was like, you know what? Let's just bring our own food and just eat together. So we did that. Um, and so we'd spend the first probably hour, hour and a half just eating dinner together, and we would do highs and lows. So basically, everyone would go around and share something that sucked in their week and something that was amazing in their week. We often shared many things that were amazing. Um, and then after that, we would typically transition over to the living room and either play a game or by and large, watch a movie or just hang out. Um, and the whole point of Tuesday night was for us just to be able to build connection and relationship, get to know each other on a personal level, socially, just have fun. There's no agenda really other than to connect and like enjoy each other. Um, when you have 11 different human beings in a room with options, um, things get kind of challenging in terms of what's a win for what we're all going to do together, right? So we had some people, maybe two or three of them, that just didn't want to watch movies ever. Like, I don't want to watch a movie with everybody. I want to hang out. I want to interaction. I want to talk. I want to connect, which I can appreciate. But with all that we had going on on a regular basis and also how much energy it took to be at a Tuesday night, I often was like, I want to watch a movie because I just want to be able to sit down and relax and have somebody else run the room, right? Just veg. I mean, we never just veg. Any movie we ever watched was always pretty interactive. We're all yelling and laughing and making commentary throughout, which, again, was another thing that people would hate. <laughs> Some people in the room were like, can we please not talk? Right? So, Family Night, I would say this last year especially, Family Night was a funny challenge for us as a group. I haven't had this issue with any team before this, but I think also one of the, the contributing factors was how big we were. We had 11 people every Tuesday night trying to do something together. Last year, there were eight of us, and the year before that, there were six of us, so we just, you know, that, it's grown. So that affected the dynamic for sure. Um, I remember the first probably four months of this last year, I was exhausted even just thinking about Tuesday night, and when Tuesday would approach, all day Tuesday, I was dreading Tuesday night. Not because I didn't like these people, but because the drama and the, just the amount of personal fortitude I had to engage in order to, like, participate in the chaos that was family night on Tuesdays. Um, I want to mention two people on my team whom I eventually affectionately refer to as the twins. <laughs> um, so there's two people on my team named Becca and Chris. Um, Becca is like five feet tall and just like very exuberant, very loud. Like her voice just booms, right? And she's just very expressive, which I don't mean as a critique like uh, as a negative thing, I actually really appreciate both of them, just how exuberant they are. There are people on the team who didn't appreciate it to the same degree that I did. 
So Becca, super loud, super expressive, very able to throw down and compete for attention, you know, in the room. And then Chris, the, the male version of Becca, loud, expressive, only Becca's black and Chris is white. So they're like these opposites, like hilarious. Chris also just the decibel of his voice, just sheer intense, like loud and can move furniture. It's like, it was powerful. And I appreciate both. I love the energy coming out of both of them. I love it legitimately brings something to the room that moves things. And so when they're on board and they're like participating in their celebratory or especially if they're creative, like it's powerful and it gets stuff done when they don't feel heard, when they don't feel like they're part of something, when they're not going through something, when they're going through something that's not great or when they feel like they need to fight to be heard, it is chaos. It is pain. It is drama. Um, and so the first part of the year, we were still as a group trying to figure out what are our mechanics, what makes sense for us, how does this work? And at one point, I had to sit the whole group down and be like, you guys, we got to talk about this. Family night is awful. It is a nightmare. Um, so I called up Chris and Becca. I was like, you guys are so loud. And everyone's like, that's true. And we had to like process through that as a group. And Chris and Becca are like, what? And I think this has probably never happened to them before in their lives, which I understand it's not common. But I didn't want this to just become something people talked about on the side or just like personally tried to like process through and then like survive. I wanted to address it. And so a huge value I have when it comes to culture in general, especially in community, is we have to address the things. We got to talk about it like a, like a family. If you're going to build a relationship that's authentic and you guys can actually connect, you have to be able to talk about the things that are uncomfortable or that are upsetting or offensive or disconnecting or whatever. So how loud Becca and Chris were was something we definitely needed to address because it was negatively affecting the group. There were adverse effects to the whole thing. And so we got to process that. People got to chime in and be like, yeah, Mike's not the only one. I also feel like the yelling in the room is, it's not just you guys. And everyone just wanted to emphasize it's not just you two. And that's true. It wasn't just them, but they were the repeat offenders and probably the loudest and most consequential in that respect. And so we all got to chime in and share our thoughts and process through it. And Chris and Becca got to figure out like, oh, this is actually happening. Um, another big thing that I run into, I think I might've mentioned this at some point, but especially in like the mentoring and coaching world, adults step into dysfunctional dynamics in the way they relate socially to their environment, to relationships or whatever, because they went their whole young life. <laughs> you just said young life. They went their whole life practicing certain behaviors and patterns without getting feedback. And so they didn't realize that they were negatively affecting their environment in a specific way from choices they were making or things that they would do or not do. And so feedback is a massive function in our environment that causes people to have to become aware of how they're affecting places and then to make a choice. Like, do I want to take responsibility for this? Do I want to defend myself? Do I want to detach from this whole thing? Like, what do we want to do, right? And so by having a culture of feedback, it allows people in the room or in the dynamic to feel seen, to know that their voice actually does affect other people, and then to also figure out what kind of effect do I want to have, right? How do I want to participate or contribute? And it really sets them up for success to make an informed decision on those things. The feedback piece is not to control them or shift them or get them to do anything different. It's just to let them know this is how it's affecting us or me or whatever, right? And then we all get to make choices on how we want to manage it, but they also get a choice too in the dynamic because now they get to know that it's happening. So even last night um, during the graduation, so third year, my students graduated last night and Chris was sitting right next to me. Becca was right next to him and they were working it up, just loud, aggressive, egging each other on. And at one point I was like, you guys, the chaos is starting to get out of control. And I wasn't offended. I wasn't angered. Just like, this is a lot. I was like, guys, the chaos is building. Like, 
I want this to like shift a bit. You guys got to get get a hold of this. Like, oh, really? And they just kept laughing and thinking it's so funny. And then at one point, Alyssa was on the other side of Becca and she was like, so annoyed. Just like she wasn't having a good time. And so probably 10 minutes later, Chris was like laughing and celebrating how loud he was being. I was like, yeah, but also the woman in front of us might not love this. And I think Alyssa doesn't love it either. He's like, really? And he looked at me, he's like, Alyssa, am I annoying you? And she was like, well, you were. He's like, really? She's like, yeah, I mean, I'm fine now, but yeah, it was annoying. He's like, oh. And like, it took guts for Alyssa to say that, right? And to be honest, like, yeah, this really bothers me. And Chris was like, and obviously he had a choice. He could be offended. He could be like upset about the whole thing. He was like, oh. And he kind of like had an inventory check and just kind of reset. And he was like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm sorry. She's like, it's okay. I forgive you. And we got to move on. And he wasn't ashamed. He didn't feel dejected. She wasn't like, oh, I got to survive this now. They just got to work it out. This ministry of reconciliation, if you will. That's not what that means, but you know what I mean. Anyway. And so that was just like a thing we got to work through. And that's something that I have a huge value for. I know it can be awkward socially, especially if you're new at this. But when you guys have a competency and a familiarity with navigating this stuff, talking about those socially awkward things or things that rub you the wrong way aren't deal breakers. If anything, they actually allow for there to be a relationship between people who are very different from each other. And so I actually see it as a huge opportunity and a necessity to building relationships that can actually produce life. It's the nature of the kingdom. So the diversity shouldn't be a thing that takes us away from each other or separates us. It should be something that actually amplifies our connection and our draw toward each other because of how uniquely different we are. That should be something we get to celebrate and explore, not something we have to tolerate or survive. You know what I mean? So that was a hilarious dynamic that continued to persist in family night. And so we had to take a moment and just have a little check-in moment and be like, hey, this is crazy. Tuesday nights are stressing me out. I need this to be different. Let's talk about it. And we just started processing through these things. Um, We had some other people on the other end of the spectrum. So Annabelle and Haley at the beginning of the year were the other end of this where they like didn't participate at all. They didn't say things. They would literally just sit in the room and watch everyone else for a couple of hours and then move on with their lives. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so that was another thing that I called out and was like, Annabelle and Haley, and these guys were not prepared for this. They were, (laughs) they weren't expecting to be like publicly acknowledged for things that they were doing or not doing that was negatively affecting the room. And so I was like, Haley, Annabelle, like you guys have opinions, you have a voice, you have experiences here that we would like to know. And you both are consistently choosing not to represent that, not to show up, not to cast your vote. You guys aren't like participating and I don't love that either. So Becca and Chris might be breaking my furniture, but you two are barely here. You're like ghosts floating around. I don't like either of these things, right? And not to say that there's like a way you have to act, but beings designed for love are naturally expressive. They want to contribute. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Like love naturally wants to give and contribute. It's the nature of of what he's like. And so all of us are also that way. When someone is not contributing, when they are sitting there static and unmoved by something that's going on, or withholding. It is not the presence of love in their life. It is the other stuff. And so, anyway, Annabelle and Haley, obviously from the other end, got to work through this. And it was a little more intense for them, probably, because they're not used to having to show up and participate. So Annabelle hated that at first. I'm pretty sure she was super offended and just, like, did not like being called out in that way and all the things. But by and large, everyone on the spectrum, I wanted to demonstrate, you guys, this is how we're going to handle stuff. Like, we're going to talk about this as a family, as a group, or we're going to process through this and we're not going to let things become awkward. We're going to address these things. And I want this space to be somewhere safe. People can actually represent themselves and can confess something's off. Something's wrong. I don't like this. And we can work through it. 
including me, right? So just demonstrating a culture that I wanted us to engender where we can actually address these things and talk about them and not just be victims to circumstances we don't like. Because I see a lot of people, especially in adulthood, who think like social maturity is to just like pretend like everything's fine or to the point where we're actually lying. And we affirm people in when underneath of this, we actually, I just said underneath of, I hate that. When underneath this, we actually despise them or we're annoyed by them or we don't want to be around them or we're counting the seconds before we get to take off or whatever, right? Um, that's called double-minded. It's called being dishonest. It's not a conducive way to live. So um, anyway, I just want to like r- remove the possibility of us having that kind of disconnected culture that I see, I observe in our greater environment. I want us to be able to do the authentic thing, which takes work. It's uncomfortable. It's a little bit jarring at first, but when you can actually like find the humility and the guts to participate in this, it's actually really rewarding. And so watching the team go through this journey together, family night, you know, was a a struggle. I mean, it was never like miserable. We never like didn't want to do it. It just, there was obvious challenges in it that we needed to work out. Um, That work is super important. I'm just thinking like, yeah, it was really, there were like three nights in a, three Tuesday nights in a row. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is like, I can't do this all year. This is crazy. And Mika, my sister who had two people in the group that she was personally mentoring and obviously would join us for Tuesday nights. Same experience. She's like, yeah, this is exhausting. This is a lot of work. Oh my gosh. We both kind of just like checking with each other and like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is crazy. What do we do? You know? So that was a funny thing for us to navigate. I'm glad we did it because by the end of the year, like we would, I mean, we were looking forward to family night. It was super fun. I think we still had the challenge of what do we do? What do we do? We want to do things. And we made a bowl of a bunch of suggestions that we just never did. That's not true. We did Alyssa's like face mask thing. Alyssa put in a suggestion that we do like a spa night where we all do like masks and have a massage train, I think, or something and, and watch a movie and eat junk food or something. And we did it. It was hilarious. Everyone was walking around with these like face masks and it was really fun. And she came prepared and brought all of her spa stuff for us. (laughs) It was awesome. Um, but that was like one of the only suggestions we, <laughs> we did from that ball. Anyway, um, we watched a lot of movies, which I don't regret. Um, but by the end of the year, we had a very much a thriving dynamic family night where we were looking forward to connecting with each other, getting to hear where each other was at, especially just given how many of us there were and then enjoying each other's presence. And I think the last family night we had, we played this hilarious, ridiculous game Annabelle introduced to us and we played it to like a, like we started at like seven thirty. we played it to like 11 at night. Which is crazy if you think about the amount of time that it took for us to do that. We just kept wanting to do it because it was so funny. Um, And to this day, I still regret that was the last time we played it. It was the first and last because it was so... I think I probably enjoyed it more than anybody else. Maybe. I was laughing so hard during that game. Anyway. So, anyway. All this to say, like... To be able to enjoy authentic connection, unity, moving towards something together, even if it's just play, that takes work. And I don't mean, like, arduous, difficult, painful, unpleasant struggle and toil and striving i mean it takes intentionality and purpose and like a willingness to say yes to the truth even if it costs me something that's the work that i'm talking about and we want to just as human beings in general have a vigilance in our willingness and resolve to say yes to the truth even if it costs us in every area of our lives especially in relationships so anyway tuesday night family night was a journey for us and it was so much fun to watch people's personalities and their choices get to continue to demonstrate their priorities in all this and what they were thinking um and so that was just a staple every week that we participate in and it's one of the components that help build a thriving authentic unified group of people who genuinely love each other are connected and collaborate really well so while we're on this subject i just want to speak to those of you who 
you know, have influence or leadership in a group setting, whether it's a book club or a small group or a team sport or whatever, anything that you're actually like, whether you're just a contributing member or you're actually leading the team or whatever, um, there are things that are going to take place. Personality differences, people's habits, practices, expectations, these things will clash because they're different from each other. The clash is not negative or wrong or bad. What becomes a problem is when we don't address the clash we ignore it. We pretend like it's not happening. We lie. We hide. When that's our response to differences, then those differences become division and they start to actually like, sabotage our ability to connect. But if we can address that stuff, if we can be, if we can be diplomatic and judicious and intentional and kind and compassionate and humble in addressing that stuff with a sincere heart and with a desire for connection and a willingness to pay the price of whatever that's going to look like, those differences actually become stepping stones to beautiful unity in our diversity where we get to celebrate the things that are different about us and it's not a problem it doesn't detract it actually contributes to our ability to walk somewhere together and have the time of our lives we watch sports movies and things like that where you see a team with all these clashing personalities and issues and maybe even social or racial problems or whatever and they go through this struggle they fight together they overcome a common enemy and then we watch by the end of the movie the camaraderie the friendship the bonding the you know, the brotherly love. And we're just so moved by that. We're inspired. We all cry when that happens because it speaks of something beyond any one individual and that there's power in the collective whole that we can be part of something greater than ourselves. Like that's beautiful. We love that we're designed for that. And so we can have that in our lives. Those differences, the challenges in it are actually the stepping stones, the building materials, the ingredients to create something profound and beautiful. As the leader, don't resent those things. Don't avoid them. Head, head, Jump headfirst into addressing them, letting the people speak, address, like talk through it. We don't tolerate um, offense, accusation, condemnation, punishment. None of that stuff gets to be part of this conversation, but we do want to embrace honesty, authentic expression, and a willingness to explore this and give space for other people to do the same. The a goal isn't agreement. The goal is connection, it's mutual respect and submission to one another in what we're doing together. Um, so obviously there's experimentation here. There's a trial and error. Every di- group's going to be different. And then also where you're coming from, there's going to be a bunch of different factors to navigate. But if your intention is love and connection, you're willing to follow the Holy Spirit in this, it's profound what can happen if you're not going to run from this stuff and instead trust him in the midst of it. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.